I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome back to another episode of Awkward Sex in the City. It has been a week since you've heard this voice, unless you play this episode on repeat, or the episodes on repeat, because, like, why not? Um, today we have someone that's just, like, so special. Sharon Spell is just such a gem of a human, just so empathetic, so honest, and has really lived a lot of shit, and just has come out on the other end, just such a great person. You can see her performing at UCB for Comedians Taping Sets stand-up. And she has a monthly show called Gems at Halyards, and the next one is February 26th, and you can always check out her website, SharonSpell.com. I'm not going to say much about, like, what the episode is, because it's just, I think it's a good episode, and I don't want to, like, fuck it up uh, by ruining or spoiler alert. So just, you know, have a fun listen. That's like having anal so you can say a virgin. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? I was still me? a mouth virgin. You want to come sit in my comedy shows in the front row and expect me to be funny while I wonder how you feel about me? I'm Why a grown not? adult woman with no self-esteem. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Cross state lines for the rest of this story. Just, yeah. oh, here it comes. Okay, so you, you've got a story. You've got a story that you love. Um, 
I love that I'm on the other side of this story. Okay. That is very <laughs> so, fair. <laughs> uh, so years ago, uh, my marriage ended. And usually at the end of a marriage, there has been no sex for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was true in my case. Uh, there had been no sex for a while. And I dated somebody when my marriage ended. But also we were together maybe six to nine months. It was you know, one of those things. And we did not have a lot of sex, oddly. Mm-hmm. It was it was a comfort. That was that kind of relationship where okay, yeah. it, there was a lot of affection, which yeah. I did need. But yeah. I also needed P and the V. Yeah. And it was surprisingly hard to get and not hard. It was not hard, but it was hard for me to get. Uh, I arranged like a one night stand through OkCupid and that went well. Uh-huh. But then, like, I wanted a boyfriend, and I wanted to meet somebody ideally outside of comedy. And so I uh, joined a singing group, and it was, like, anybody could join. It probably still exists, but it's um, Sacred Harp Singing. Oh, my God, that's so cute. Do you know this? I don't know it, but I love it. <laughs> it is an ancient form of singing. It refers to your voice, which is the sacred harp, the natural instrument given to you by God. Oh, okay. I thought it was, like, a pun of sacred heart. Like it, a like a um uh an acapella name like hi we're the Sacred Heart. It's not unlike that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna uh, we're gonna sing some songs without music. But it was a way <laughs> uh, in old older times to uh, teach people music without the aid of an instrument. Okay. And it was used in the United States for more rural churches or poorer churches that could not afford instruments. Oh, okay. Um, and my dad's family came up singing Sacred Harp songs. And so I have an interest in it and wanted to uh, reignite that part of my brain and yeah. sing and do something that was not drinking or smoking or making jokes in a basement. Uh, yeah, because was this in New York or was this in the South? In New York. This was in New York, York City. Okay. Everything is here. That is very true. Everything is here. <laughs> Sacred Harp singing is probably still here. I am no longer affiliated with the group, <laughs> so I'm sure they're fine, and I'm sure this guy is fine. Uh, I am not sure of that, but anyway. <laughs> None of us ever are. It's okay. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, this guy is part of this group, and uh, we end up chatting, and he ends up asking me to hang out, and we end up sleeping together, and it is adequate. It is fine. Like it. P and the V, mm-hmm. everything works. Everything works. <laughs> it's fine, you know. And then we hook up a few more times, and then I don't hear from him. Okay. And this guy, I'll, I'll paint a picture of who this guy is. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, you know how you start seeing somebody and your friends give him a nickname before he has an actual name? Uh-huh. So this guy's nickname was Amish. I have a very distinct picture already in my head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He lived in Williamsburg, uh, wore a hat all the time not indoors actually he would take it off indoors so in that way he was a gentleman he was a gentleman <laughs> uh I love the, like, the motion you just did i don't know i don't even know how to for, describe it for podcasts i did uh it's like a chef's kiss uh okay sign with your hand but as if you're holding the brim of a hat and then a little nod yeah there yeah. we go that was perfect chef's kiss hat nod <laughs> uh so Amish disappeared. Okay. But that was okay. But I saw him at the sings and then we wouldn't hang out after. And I thought, all right, well, that is what it is, mm-hmm. you know? And 
then after a few months go by, he calls me with a voice telephone call with his human voice on the other line. And you'd only texted before, Pretty right? much, okay. yeah. And he said, uh, so basically, you probably noticed I kind of disappeared. And it was because I was seeing somebody. Ah. And I didn't want to see both of you at the same time. But now she's out of the picture. And I hope we can still be friends. Okay. But he wasn't trying to, like, get back in your pants? Not immediately. Okay. Or... Well, I'll get to it. So <laughs> what I said to him at that point, and I'm very proud of myself for having these words available. Mm-hmm. I said, if you want to be my friend, show, don't tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, he disappeared on you. Yeah. And so then we started hanging out, you know, very platonically, very like easing into things. Uh-huh. And then there was a Sacred Harp singing convention happening in Rhode Island. And he asked, he called me, another human voice telephone call, <laughs> to see if I wanted to go to this convention. Uh-huh. And I took a moment and I said, your invitations are often ambiguous. Are you asking me to go to the convention or are you asking me to go to the convention with you? Yeah. And what did he say? He said, I'm asking you to go with me. Okay, so this is like a date. And that is how I interpret it. Okay. Even though I pay for my own Peter Pan bus to Boston. Oh, no. (laughs) Because that's how he's rolling. And that's, I'm working with it. Because, again, my self-esteem is under the floor at this point. This is is post-divorce, post, like, I just, I'm trying to get something. Yeah, you're trying to get back to you. Yeah, yeah. And... So I pay my own way, but I don't think much about that because he's broke mm-hmm. and I'm not a monster. And, and like it's a date, but it, these are this is what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. And we hold hands on the bus a little bit, and then we get to Boston, and that's when he like hugs me and starts passionately kissing my neck. Right after you got on the off- after we got off the bus, we're in Boston. Okay, lots of Boston around us. Lots of. Lots of Americana history. Yeah, lots of, yeah. Like three pointed hats in the ether. They're just all around us. Tea party, like the old tea party, not the new tea party. All around us. Oh yeah, wafts of tea. Because I know that bus depot. I've taken it many <laughs> a times. It is a weird and dark. Yeah. But then you get outside, and there is like a lot of history, like right, yeah, like immediately, right there. Right there. Um, what a weird place to just want a neck. But it's only my neck that he's kissing. Huh. What a weird place to neck and what a weird place to neck just on my neck. What did you do? Were you just kind of like, okay, like how did, how, how does one, uh, I'm a little confused, but I'm also getting some affection. So I'm taking it. Okay. And I'm also booked to be on the comedy studio that night because why not multitask Yeah. while I'm in Boston, we're going to spend the night in Boston and then go to Rhode Island the next morning. Yeah. So we walk around Boston, we get some dinner. I do my show. Mm-hmm. His friend meets us. His friend is driving us to uh, his home in the suburbs mm-hmm. where we're s- spending the night in his parents' big home. Mm-hmm. And everybody has separate bedrooms. And, you know, I'm I'm operating on a lot of faith here. Yeah. But it all works out. And we get to this home in the suburbs. I don't know where I am. I don't have my own means of transportation. Yeah. Uh, I barely have a cell phone. Oh, my <laughs> and gosh. I but I get there thinking like this is where we hook up again. Yeah, it's where the magic's gonna happen. Your friend, magic. This guy's friend's parents' house. Sure. 
why not? Why not? Why not go back to high school forever? I'm why a grown not? adult woman with no self esteem. Why not <laughs> <laughs> cross state lines for the rest of this story? Just yeah. oh, here it comes. So <laughs> we get to the place, and I go up to my bedroom. Mm-hmm. I prepare for bed, and I leave the door open, and then he comes up uh, to go to his bedroom, and he stops at my door, and I pat the bed next to me. Bedspread is still on. Uh-huh. Bed still made. And he sits with me on the bed, and then we start rolling around on top of the bedspread. Uh-huh. And again, going to town on my neck, like a shy vampire who's never actually punctured the skin, just like a little gnaws at it, like uh-huh. maybe maybe a, a blister will happen, it'll get some nourishment, just like very <laughs> light, literal necking, never on my mouth. And I'm not just confused at this point. I'm annoyed. Yeah, I would be too. And he pulls back and he notices my annoyance. And he asks, do you notice I'm not kissing your mouth? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> no said, shit. Yeah, I do notice that. And he asked, do you know why? And I thought, I, I'm not a detective. I'm not a Scorpio. I'm not anywhere in this vicinity. <laughs> just tell me what is happening. And he said, well, you remember when before and I disappeared because I was seeing someone while I'm seeing someone again. And so he thought the way to communicate that to you <laughs> was to passionately kiss you on the neck on my only. Neck. That's like having anal so you can say a virgin. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? I was still me? a mouth virgin. I mean, not really because we had already. But, you know, it, the logic there is just out the window no matter how you try to dissect it what a piece of shit <laughs> i hate him and so i i had been a little tipsy i had some drinks during the night and, uh-huh. and that's when like you know that that moment you just sober up oh like, yeah. all of a sudden like you are ready to like take care of business and i sat straight up in the bed and looked at him and pointed a finger at his face and said you need to go to your own room <laughs> You've been bad <laughs> in your cell phone. But he, he started saying, no, I'm being a good boy. I'm being a good boy. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Amish. Yeah, you're not being a good boy. You're not being a good boy, Amish. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Bad Amish. And bad. You're, and you're in the suburbs now. And, and I have nothing no... creepier than being in the suburbs. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you just yeah. feel off. Yeah. And he doesn't understand why I'm sending him out of that room. And it dawns on me just fully how, uh, like, stranded I am. Yeah. And I've registered to lead a song in the convention the next day. So you can't just go and home. And my name is on it. Yeah. I have to go to the convention. Oh. I have to honor my name and my commitment because that's just who I am. Uh-huh. But also, like, I have, I, I don't, I have no escape. Oh, my There's God. There's no plan B here. Where is the other dude? Living his life blissfully unaware that any of this is happening. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know where that guy was. Uh, I know where I was in my own personal hell of my making. <laughs> but also I was led there. I was going to say, you, that was not of your making. He led you on. Yeah. Because in like, how much of a time span was it since he asked you to go to the convention and then the actual convention happened? I would say about a week. So he met someone in a week or he, well, two things happened. He either met someone in a week or he felt on the spot and was already seeing someone 
but wanted to keep you as an option. I think that's that one. I think, I think it it's is that too. one. Yeah. I think Amish thought he had it like that. <laughs> he had it like that. But he did not have it like that. I just can't get over that. He was like, I'm going to kiss you in a very intimate and vulnerable spot. Yeah. And that is not cheating. Like if she walked past that room and saw us on the bed rolling around. Yeah. She would say, oh, no, I see that he's only kissing her neck. So that is okay. <laughs> because that? if they were in an open relationship, you lead with that information. Yeah. They were not in an open relationship because he led with no information. Yeah. No, he's just straight up cheating. Yeah. Like, uh, that's the difference because we literally just talked about this in the last podcast. Open relationship means a shit ton of communication. Yeah. Cheating means you're lying. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I have uh. so much respect for people in open relationships. Mm -hmm. It sounds exhausting to me because I can't talk that much to <laughs> I want somebody to be boring and secretive with and just one person. Just one person. But like, because <laughs> that's all. But like, I love people in open relationships because they know what they want and they are very yeah. like open and communicative about their wants and needs and meeting their wants and needs. Absolutely. This dude was just a liar. Yeah. And so the next morning, I'm just trying to save face and I put makeup on like an optimist. Like, I'm not going to cry it all off all day. Oh, no. I've learned how to cry very well with makeup on. Just cry at an angle, like tilted forward, like you're eating over the sink. Because then all the tears <laughs> just fall down and not smearing your makeup. Oh, I always love seeing myself after I've cried with makeup on and just being like, you dramatic little bitch. You know, you just like see it. I love it. It's actually how if I'm having like PMSing really badly, it's how I get myself out of it. It's like I'll look in the mirror and be like, what is this? Like, what are you doing? And then you're like, oh, I'm OK. Yeah. And then. But that's a good tip that you just lean. <laughs> the lean things forward. women do. <laughs> it's all the patriarchy's fault. Uh, um, yes. So we go to the convention and I just sit in the back mm -hmm. and people aren't looking at me because they're all doing their own thing and it's very easy to cry in public. It feels a lot like crying on the subway mm -hmm. at, at this point, but I'm in a country church in Rhode Island uh, with a bunch of people singing ancient songs. And this is shape note singing. You've probably heard this singing at yeah. some point, like as background for like a civil war movie or something. Oh, yeah. Okay, so okay. like amazing grace is an ex the most popular example of this kind of singing. So very emotional, like, like but, and under, religious. Yeah. So, yeah. Singing in a uh, four part har harmony, which possibly made you cry harder. Like yeah. having that in and, the background would make it worse. For yeah. Me. And thinking about my family and my parents who were ill at the time and far mm -hmm. away and, like I did this to feel more connected to my family and it made me feel more alienated and alone. Mm -hmm. And so I get through the day and it's four something in the afternoon mm -hmm. and the dude finally comes up to me. Oh, I see. Oh, I've skipped over. I lead my song. Oh, okay. Which I've never done as good an acting job. I think as I did leading that song, I was able to uh, dry the tears for a little bit and I did not, uh, I started singing and then I had to like cut out my singing because of my feelings. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was able to go through the motions of leading with my arms mm -hmm. and I did it and sat down and I wish I could have enjoyed it. Oh, you know, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. I'm glad I went. I'm glad to know what it felt like to be in the middle of that room. Yeah. But like this guy's jerkery messed everything up. Yeah. And so it gets to be the end of the day. Things are winding down. And this guy 
appropriately is going off on a different journey of his own. Mm-hmm. He was already planning to go to a different singing convention after that. But I had, we had arranged a ride with different friends of his to go back to Boston so I could get the bus back to New York City. Uh-huh. And so he comes over and talks to me and asks, are, are we ever going to talk about this? And I looked at him and said, it was all I could do to keep it together today. And now I need to go home. Yeah. What did he say to that? Nothing. Wow. What, could, what could he say? I mean, apologize or be like, I fucked up. But he probably doesn't think he's done anything wrong. I don't think he did because yeah. there was an email later. But anyway. There's an email? Just wait for wait for. <laughs> what a little shit. Yeah. Yeah. So the friends drive me back to Boston. And again, my acting is on par because I don't want anyone to know anything that this dude has done. Yeah. Because it, it, if I even broach the subject uh-huh. with them at all, it makes it look like I'm hurt about his rejection. And that's not what I'm hurt about. Yeah. I'm hurt at the, the lying. Yeah. The lying, like the manipulation. Yeah. yeah. But if I say anything to these friends in this car, it makes it sound like, oh, yeah, him. She's like butthurt over you. She loves yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. And it's not that at all. I yeah. want to be done and run away. Yeah. And go forward. So uh, that was uh, the best bus ride back to New York. Oh, my God. I bet. Ever. Uh, the bus could not fly fast enough. I, I, wanted, I wanted my hair to whip in the wind. I wanted my, ter- my shirt to not touch my back. Like, let's go. The bomb is on the bus. Let's go. And an underrated place to cry is the bus like oh, yeah. like a mega bus a bolt bus peter pan i think i've cried on every single one of those <laughs> like for real for so many reasons for heartbreak for manipulation for where i felt like where i was in my career just like full-blown crying sobbing because someone is eating indian food on that bus <laughs> or someone just opened up like a tuna fish salad just the salad, like nothing else, or just something weird is happening that other people are looking at. Like they don't give a yeah. shit about. And both those things that you mentioned, I would totally eat those things, but maybe not on a bus. You hit a point because I, so I'm from um, Virginia, so I took the mega bus for like eight years back and forth, and then with touring, you hit a point where you just understand there are no rules on the bus. <laughs> there just there are no social rules on yeah. buses, and you start to being like well join them like you can't fight it like you're gonna be stuck in this bus for how many hours depending right. on traffic if you want to eat a tuna salad go for it if you want to uh, tikka masala sure. go right. for it you learn to just like be with it like peter pan it and just stay forever young you're just like this is my my never world what is it called what is it his world uh, neverland neverland yeah. there it is you, this is your Neverland where you don't have to grow up. It's this fucking bus with yeah. a bathroom on it. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear, though, that you got to leave without him because I was assuming that you guys would have to be stuck on the bus coming back. Yeah. And I was just like, how does that work? You even like sit near each other. I would like, not. Yeah. I would not. I'm I glad w- to hear that. I would try to arrange it so that I left earlier than he left so that he, you know, like be yeah. on a different bus. But uh-uh. So it was like a couple days later, I got an email from him. Oh, my God. And it was, the gist of it was, I'm sorry if you got hurt. Oh, fuck you. When you misunderstood. That sort of Hmm. thing. And it was maybe like five paragraphs. It was a tome. 
Wow. And he hoped that we could have more fun singing in the future. Wow. And it was, it was, the tone of it was not an apology and more like, uh, you misunderstood and you're emotional about it. Oh my God. And I didn't respond. Uh Not responding to that. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I would fucking delete it. Uh, And... Basically, if he had spent half as much time not lying and just behaving correctly, half as much time Uh as he spent composing that email (laughs) of five paragraphs, Uh he would never have to send that email at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it takes is, like, legit, like, accurate communication. Yeah. He could have been, like, you gave him the opportunity to be, like, is this, like, friends or is this something else and he said something else like he was like i want you to come with me yeah that is i like i i'm just dumbfounded by how ridiculous this is he thought he had it like that how old was this guy if you know uh he was close to 40 so yeah too old to be doing this was he a good singer he was adequate everything about him was like good average adequate Nothing outstanding, nothing underwhelming. I mean, underwhelming, yes, but yes. you know, like he, he was—he's just a dude. And part of me thinks like he knows he's just a dude, so he gets what he can when he can. I um, I had a similar situation with a dude where I had just gotten out of like an emotionally abusive relationship, mm. and you lose part of yourself, right? Yeah. And you try—that's all you're trying yeah. to do—is to find yes. yourself again and find yourself with another person to make sure that you can. And there was this guy who's also in the comedy world. Um, but I, what's beautiful about that dude, because I feel like a lot of people have this person after like a really bad relationship, is you get to see the signs quicker. And you finally get to be like, you kind of get to put the boundaries that you never were kind of able to in the bad relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I remember I thought it was something else. And then I had a friend be like, hey, I just want you to know, I've seen him do this to multiple people. You're not dating the way that you think you are. And then when I, I like was straight up with him, it was just like, what is going on? And he was just like, oh, I thought this was just like, we're having fun. And I was like, that's not what I want. Cried for a day and then was over it. And then he still did bullshit stuff where he'd be like, hey, what's up? Nope. How are you? And it's like, nope, that's not what, that's not what we're doing here. But it, it gets, while it sucks, like in the moment, you get to finally have that first step of like, I'm setting my boundary. I'm getting back to like a spot where I want to be like finding yourself again in that sense. So I hate that this happened to you, but you were so quickly able to be like, no, fuck this. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. But it gets easier the more you practice it. Yes. And it is a practice. Boundaries are a practice Mm -hmm. because they keep changing. (laughs) Constantly, <laughs> which is good. Sometimes with the same person in the same relationship. Yeah. You have to like reestablish rules and keep communication going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all this talking. I love talking. <laughs> no, I love talking. So do you remember like the first good sex after your divorce and after Amish? After Amish. Because Amish wasn't good, right? It was just like it was fine. the parts were there. It was, yeah. Um. Well, the one night stand in between was good, but I didn't oh, want to right. continue that. It was uh-huh. literally just like I want to make sure 
and he was like very appreciative and Mm -hmm. that appreciation makes it so nice yeah like he said you're very good at this and i said thank you oh it's nice it's nice that's what i needed uh but he wanted to see me again and i didn't want i didn't want it yeah um but the first person i felt a connection with i ended up dating he this ended up being a toxic relationship also um but we ended up seeing each other for the course of like nine months again something like that Mm -hmm. and like there were so many good parts to it but the toxic parts were just awful uh yeah do we have time for bullet points absolutely i think you've only been recording for like 30 minutes right yeah no we're good i've gotten really good with my baggage and packing and unpacking it that i'm like a light traveler with these stories (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't have a lot to you know it's like one pair of black pants and uh, a blazer and i'm good for the weekend like i'm great (laughs) (laughs) um so this dude and i knew each other in pittsburgh Mm -hmm. but then we reconnected here in new york and things like got off to a good start like he was interested in me and having sex with me and the sex was good Mm -hmm. but he was also in the middle of a divorce which one of my personal rules has been you know you need to date somebody who's free and clear yeah yeah yeah. but because i had known this guy before i moved to new york before both of us moved to new york Mm -hmm. i gave him more allowances than I should have. Mm-hmm. Like looking back, if we had like dallied a few times, had a few dalliances, you know, like you do, I'm doing a hat tip again. Uh, like a, a gentleman and lady, uh, like folks do, um, things would be fine now mm-hmm. if I had not continued to date him. But he, uh, he was in the middle of figuring out his divorce and. He was also not emotionally available to her, and then he became emotionally unavailable to me, which uh, I know that pattern. Yeah. But also, I know my pattern of, well, maybe things will change, because I saw the nice behavior early on, uh-huh. so maybe he'll repeat that. Yeah. That is not good thinking. No. But uh, we all do it. It's very human to see the yes, best in people. Yes. And I think it's healing for people, and maybe for the audience to hear that it does happen to a lot of people. Like, it helped me to hear other people's breakup stories and like rebound stories yeah when I was in the middle of it to know like oh they seem okay now so maybe I'll be okay yeah and so like I don't beat myself up about the choices I made but I do see now in 2020 hindsight that oh yeah that's what happened uh, he was not emotionally available and that's what happened like uh so Christmas came around and I went home to Mississippi and my parents were ill and the last few years I went home, uh, I went home in more of a caretaker, caregiver capacity. Mm-hmm. Caretaker is like for a building. But caregiver is more of a... I honestly don't know if there is a difference, but probably. Yeah, I guess caretaker, like, what's his face from The Shining was the caretaker of the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be a caregiver. It's just so confusing. It's, it it always fails us. Uh, so, so his birthday is a month after that, and I go over and above what I can afford, but I find ways to do it. And it's restaurant week and I find like, you know, a discount way to take him to a restaurant. I go to Marshall's and I get him a Lucruze stock pot, Aww. you know, like a nice stock pot, but from Marshall's. So I don't spend a lot of money yeah, on it. Yeah. And he opens the gifts and he eats the dinner and he seems off and I can't put my finger on it. And we don't have sex that night. And then the day after his birthday, he breaks up with me. <gasps> And I think about it as he's doing it, like, 
he had already planned to do this, but he knew I got him gifts and was taking him to a restaurant. So he waited till he got his stuff to say, I think we need to take a break. What a dick. What a dick. I was like away from the, the microphone. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I'm very proud of myself also in this moment because he said, but I still want to hang out. I still want to come to your shows. I said, you want to come sit in my comedy shows in the front row? And expect me to be funny while I wonder how you feel about me? Yeah. And he said, I guess I didn't think that through all the way. I said, I guess you didn't. You want to be, you want to take a break? Let's take a break. That is like such a manipulative thing to do because my emotionally abusive ex did that once. He like showed up to like an improv 301 graduation. I'm so sorry. And we had just broken up. I know. (laughs) It was terrible. We like just broken up and I was like, what the fuck? Like he'd broken up with me. Um, I can't remember why because we broke up a million times <laughs> and I'll never forget this one girl who was so wise and I didn't realize how much she was looking out for me at that point because I was probably like 24, 25 and she's probably in her 30s and she's in LA now. Um, if you listen, you're an amazing person. <laughs> um, but she was just like, while she saw him because he like took me away to talk while people were like, get like we were like warming up. And when I was like, I got to. Yeah. I was like, I got to go to my group. And she like took me to the side and she was like, someone that cares about you would care about what you're doing too and wouldn't show up to something like this and make you feel like shit. And I didn't hit until like a year later mm. when we finally broke up. But I didn't realize like what she was saying. She was saying, this is not a good person for you. He does not care about you. Because we actually would get to back together that night after all of it and I had a mm-hmm. terrible performance but that was partially because I'm also a terrible improviser but it's a skill I mean it's it's hard it's a good s- thing to have yeah. like for other things but it's yeah it's a great to have I other work things. at an improv theater you know that's so my, you know yeah so I know like I, I enjoy watching it I enjoy doing it for fun but mm-hmm. it's not the fire in my belly to Exactly. I'm taking like I I like sketch and I like you know writing and storytelling and storytelling so, yeah. yeah you're a great storyteller oh, thank you. yeah uh, it is a really good skill to learn how to change people's names in your phone. Mm. Uh, you don't have to block them, but mm-hmm. put a, I put Selfish Robot as his name. So when I saw Selfish Robot was texting me, mm-hmm. I would think, do I want to text a Selfish Robot? I do not. I do not want that. <laughs> Sorry, Ex Machiana. <laughs> no, it's Ex Machina. How do you say it? Machina. I never saw it. But I'd be like, I no, I don't want to. Latin is hard. Latin's harder than English. Is it really that is. Latin? Is it? I don't know Latin. <laughs> fine. Uh, it's fine. It's all fine. It's just communication. Yeah. Are we saying the things we need to say? Yes, we are. So, but I got back together with yeah, him. Yeah, as I say, I so you got back. Him. And, I, so, but then like that lasted another few months and he, he hadn't learned anything from the radio silence and he was not being a good boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And so I broke up with him again, this time by email. I'm not proud of that, but also he was not being a good boyfriend. Like he was coming to my shows, but falling asleep mm-hmm. and like, just go home. Just go home. Yeah. Like, what are you, you doing? Yeah. Dr- drawing all the energy out of the room with the, your sleep. There is this need. Uh, f- uh, I feel like people have this, uh, to be um, polite when they break up of like, oh, you should do it face to face. Oh, you should do this. But I'm in the camp of like, if this person treated you like shit, like why do yeah. you need to go out of your way to end it? Yeah, it was fine. And then he found a way to like open the door for friendship again. But that open door led 
back to having sex again. Ah. And and that's the thing. You were asking like good sex. It was good. It mm-hmm. was connected. Like when we were together, it was it felt good. But I thought we were back together over the summer. Oh. And that was summer 2011. And I went to L.A. and I came back to New York. And that's when I got a phone call from uh, my oldest brother that my mother had fallen into a coma. Oh, fuck. And uh, the next day my dad had a seizure and they found out that he didn't have dementia. He had brain tumors. Oh, and they've been treating him for uh, Parkinson's and other things. But he had had uh, like five tumors and 10 other masses that had grown. And so I ended up going home to Mississippi that week and while I'm making the plans to go I call this dude Mm -hmm. and I'm crying my eyes out yeah this is sudden because they've been sick for a while but I'm I'm stunned and I I reach out to him and he's listening to me he's being very engaging and connected and like his mother has passed away so he had dealt with some of this already and, Uh and I hear him being present on the phone with me and I say thank you for listening Mm-hmm. And he said, well, we are friends. No. And that's when I got sober again. I'd had like so, like a bottle and a half of wine <laughs> with my dinner that night at home. Uh, and, and I just said, friends. And he said, you know, I can't be in a relationship right now. I told you that. I don't remember. I don't remember his saying that, but. Yeah, usually uh, that's a big one that people remember. Yeah. And. uh <laughs> he like whispered to the side. He's like, I love you, but I can't. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so I took the phone away from my head and held it like, you know, ho- I was holding a skull. Yeah, <laughs> like his skull. Uh, I may not have heard you before, but I hear you now. You cannot be in a relationship and we are not in a relationship. Very Hamlet of you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a good actor. You are. Um, I put the phone back to my ear and he just quietly asked, why does it sound like you're not going to talk to me again for a while? And I said, that's the best idea you've had all night. Good night. And I hung up. Yeah. But during this uh, very vulnerable time, this dude reaches out again. And he sends me a package that, of a mug that was from my parents' home uh-uh. that uh, I left at his apartment. And he said, I thought you might want this back to remember your dad by. Fuck. Because that's kind of nice. Yeah. And he could do things like that. He was capable of kindness. Like most robots and AI, if you do the algorithm correctly, like there will be (laughs) semblances of of humanity and like bits of punchlines. But uh, for the most part, they're still a robot. Yeah. And they are trying to compute things. So that was, it was nice and it opened the door to a conversation where we are emailing again and I and he said like I know I messed up and I know that I got more than I gave and I know you deserved a better boyfriend than I was and I hope that we can open the door for friendship and see where it leads from there how did you feel very open and vulnerable and I wanted some comfort yeah and this was the comfort that came to me and I went for it yeah that's fair yeah and my friends and my family all said no, don't do this again. But they were not offering me the comfort that he was. Yeah. And they couldn't. Yeah. And I told him in an email, uh, I still have feelings for you and I can't open myself for more sorrow than I've already 
been through this year. Yeah. Uh, so if we try again and things mess up, then this is the end. That's a very fair boundary. That's yeah. a very clear boundary too. So we start you literally have a receipt. Yeah. And we start hanging out again. He comes to see me at work. And one day he comes to my apartment in January. Mm-hmm. It's not long into January. And we end up making out on my couch. And it's just making out. And mm-hmm. he does go home. But it has my girlfriend feelings going. And I'm thinking like, oh, I feel healed. I feel like whole again. I feel like life is worth living. And a week later we go to brunch and he's being all cagey again. Yeah. And he said, like, I just, I just want to make sure that you're okay. You know, I, I don't want you to get hung up on me again. And I want you to be okay when I start seeing other people. I want to slap the shit out of this man. Kayla, my therapist, not therapist, Kay- Kayla, my therapist, Kayla, my producer has literally just like turned her chair away <laughs> and has put her head on the wall. Men, if you are like this, women, if you're like this, anyone, if you're like this, like go fuck yourself. Yeah. Go yeah. fuck yourself and do the work on yourself that you need to do and stop hurting other people. Uh, and I realize at this moment, like, this is the last time I will see this dude. Yeah. If I have any power over this and so far so good. But I I just thought, like, say what you need to say to him because this is it. Uh-huh. And I'm crying, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at a restaurant in the East Village. I have to go to work after this. I'm working that night and so uh and I just said to him you don't want me and it still hurts yeah and he tried to hug me and I shrugged him off and he got flustered with that and stormed off and as upset as I was seeing that Mm -hmm. my inner older sister turned my shoulders around the opposite way on the sidewalk and said, go, don't look back. You're Mm -hmm. done. This is a gift. Yeah. So after that, I dated, I did not date for a while because I mean, what do you put on your OkCupid profile? Do you like tears? I got them. Guess what? Going through a lot of shit. Are you ready? Hold me. And I had some dalliances here and there, but it was really like the next a few years after that, that I stopped drinking and started working on myself and got into therapy and got health insurance and got like medical checkups and like started really taking care of me and being my own lover emotionally, spiritually, physically. Yeah. That I was ready to see somebody who was emotionally, spiritually, physically available for me. Yeah. And I've been in a very healthy, loving relationship for three and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's maybe a little emotionally unhealthy how much I love his parents more than I love him. <laughs> uh, but we talk about it openly, so it's all good. Yeah, as it's long as good. you're communicating about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, God, it, I think it's really important if you've just to do the work on yourself and not, not like the whole you have to love yourself before anyone else can love you. Cause I don't believe that. I do think you have to do the work on yourself. So you know, your boundaries right? and you don't fall into the same patterns because like, I think a lot of us do that. Like I, um, I still deal with being, uh, unable to not be the caregiver. It's like literally my job, been my job for 15 years. Um, done it with multiple relationships. But once you learn that boundary of like, Oh, I can't do this. 
it just gives you so much more clarity when you're around people that are trying to get you to do that mm. or something like just mm-hmm. using that as an example of um <clears throat> of breaking the toxic pattern of like who you're dating like why are these guys toxic why are these women toxic um because everything is so we're always projecting a lot and trying to get like this perfect scenario and so if anyone's listening that is going through something this way, if they see a pattern, it's not that you have to love yourself. You have to just know your boundaries and like who you are. And it takes a lot of work. Like after my ex, I took like a full year to like figure it out. And in retrospect, that was quick as fuck, Mm. but it was hard to watch. And then this person was in comedy and watch them be very successful. while I took like a step back. And even to this day, if I see them get success, I'm always just like, fuck you. Like, I know you're still a terrible person. (laughs) Um, and that kind of makes me happy, which what does that say about me that I'm petty, uh, you know? You got hurt. You got hurt. Yeah. You're going to feel ways. Yeah. yeah. Again, therapy is great, too, because my therapist has been like, yeah, of course you're going to fucking feel that way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I kind of lost you, where I was going with it, but well, yeah. Well, if you don't act on your pettiness, then it's okay. Like, feeling petty <laughs> is normal. Yeah. But acting on the petty is petty. Yes. Yeah. And that's just immature. And yeah. that's toxic in its own way. Yes. Yes. Yeah feeling petty talking about feeling petty uh, wonderful right <laughs> here for it time. i love to <laughs> gossip i love to gossip that is a problem i do love to gossip i'm always like have I you mean, heard that's our business that is our business your business is our business yeah <laughs> that's what we do yeah we are on the other side now um i want to remind you guys that the 13th we will be in philadelphia punchline philly the 14th and 15th we are at the pleasure chest in new york city and the 16th we are in connecticut at hartford funny bone and then the 22nd boston remember to go check out sharonspell.com and see where else sharon is she's an amazing storyteller she's got an amazing story on risk which is a great also another great storytelling podcast and If you want your stories read out loud, I'd love to hear them. If you have questions that you want read out loud that we like ponder, I cannot guarantee like actual answers because like I am not a health professional, but like anything like that that you'd want to hear us talk about that you've been wondering, anything like that, I would love to hear from you guys for real. Um, Yeah. And like I always say, go masturbate. Go watch some porn that you like. Bye. Bye.